0: All right, welcome to the Gritty Filmmakers podcast where we take a look at the film industry from the perspective of indie professionals. In the house with me today is a very special guest, Taj Nahar. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Hey, well, welcome today. Thanks for having me. It's good to see so you. So glad to have you. So yes. if you don't know Taj, you mm. should. Taj is somebody that everybody knows, actually. Um, I feel like in this area, at least. Yeah, um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taj is an entrepreneur. He's also an executive producer of multiple uh, films, shorts, commercials. He has his very own business. Mm. And you guys really do. What do you all do?
1: Uh, we do a little bit of everything. So um, I've had the privilege of working with Grit House on some of your amazing film projects as a producer. We've done some TV commercials. We've done shorts. Uh, we've done consulting work. Um, so we've much. We've done digital advertising. A little bit. A little uh, kind of jack of all trades. Um, so yeah. No, it's, it's, been great. Been,
0: it's been so fun. I yeah. feel like, gosh, the first time we met you, mm-hmm. wasn't it kind of a weird introduction?
1: Kind of, yeah. So um, Justin, who you know very well, is a good friend of mine. Um, we worked um, kind of together maybe 10 plus years ago. I was Amazing. working for a, a, a local TV lifestyle startup network, and I believe he was working at Comcast. So we kind of built this fun working relationship, and then we kind of lost touch for a while. Uh, and then one night, um, randomly, uh, in the summer, maybe like, five, six years ago, I was asked to be a model in a fashion show. Now, Don't get excited, I'm by no means a model. I was actually standing in for a buddy of mine who couldn't make a show. Turns out the fashion show was taking place at a warehouse where Justin had a studio. Um, This was like two o'clock in the morning. I walk off the runway. Yeah, I walk off the runway, I see Justin. Justin's like, what are you doing here? You're a model? (laughs) I was like, nah, I'm not a model, I'm just helping out a friend. What are you doing here? He's like, hey man, we have a studio here. So that's how we got reconnected, Justin and I. That night I also met uh, your other business partner, Terrell, Um, hit it off with him. I think then we all had lunch a couple of days later and then worked on our first project together. And here we are, I think five, six years later, you know, just I know, really good crazy. friends. And yeah, it's been great.
0: Well, and then I ended up meeting you uh-huh. like a week later uh-huh. because you had, I think, brought us on on a project uh-huh. and I was editing for it. Yep. So I know this is like my other life is editing yeah, yeah, behind, exactly. behind closed doors. And it was here. an interesting
1: project too because I know we're all, you know, filmmakers here and telling original, you know, profound, compelling stories. <laughs> and the first project we worked on was. To film decadence, and for those of you who don't know what decadence is, it's the largest rave in North America on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. So yeah. we're at the convention center, <laughs> literally filming a rave um, or a dance party, however you really want to put it. And that was our first like gig working together. together. And then, fun fact, our second project working together was doing a short documentary for the Boys and Girls Club. So yep. you know, one end of the spectrum to the <laughs> other. Um, but it, it's been a great relationship.
0: It so. has been. No, I remember. Um, I think we had over 800 hours of footage, or mm-hmm. something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, because we had through.
1: like seven, eight shooters plus on you know three stages and a oh crane, gosh, and it was, was nuts. it was a massive project. But we we knocked it out of the park, and and that was actually the last. The last sort of like dance concert yeah. video I ever did, and I it's still to this day it's one of my favorite projects I've I've ever done. I think it it's, it just turned out great. It's my favorite editing yeah. project for the, sure. The vibe and the tone of everything it just yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the music. I'm a big fan of the scene, so I'm I'm really happy that that was in a way sort of like our swan song. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. No,
0: I think what was really cool about that for me is. Uh, getting to know you and your mm-hmm. heart and your goal in life, sure. and you were kind of transitioning, trying to figure out mm-hmm. what you're really gifted at sure. and called to really mm-hmm. what you feel your purpose is. Right. And I mean, you do have such a great knack for um, connecting with people and finding out what they're good at and mm-hmm. really bridging that and when we started talking about film, mm-hmm. I mean, we really got excited and mm-hmm. we really realized there was this great partnership mm-hmm. there that you really were able to get other people excited about a project they have never heard of before and give money to it. Mm-hmm. This is really your strength, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of.
1: You know, it's, it's weird how that kind of worked out. You know, I, I, I think that the people who know me know that I'm I'm a pretty social person and I have ADHD, um, <laughs> so I've been told, uh, which can be a blessing and, and, and or a, curse, a curse at right? the same time. And so, so yeah, we had, we, we, you know, we had worked on a couple projects and I know that at the time Terrell had you know was talking about writing a script for Hush Money um, and you know I based on the budget based on the story I was like you know we can do this and I think it was also a combination of that plus you know having meetings with, with, with Grit House and the squad and, and looking at each other and say, you know, we're tired of calling ourselves filmmakers without having actually made a film. Right? Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. done these sort of corporate docs, nonprofits, mm-hmm. events, and things like that. These like short stories, if you would. Um, so got really hype about it. And you know, uh, I'm kind of a hype man, just naturally I get excited <laughs> about things and I just, my excitement, you know, exudes, I think sometimes. So I was able to sort of leverage that and get people really excited about uh making a movie which I think is kind of what we're here to really talk about today. We
0: really are. Yep. So today yeah, we're really trying to process how do you find money for a film? Because mm-hmm. trying to find money for a film is hard. Period. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of finding money for any project is hard. And so there really are multiple ways to fund a film sure. and you really should diversify when you are trying to fund your film. Just right. like a four hundred and one k or sure. anything like that. So any investment for so sure. There's, mm-hmm. So there's definitely there's incentives you can get. There's tax credits. Mm-hmm. There's um grants, mm-hmm. sponsorships, sure. and I think the thing that, you know, when you're in the indie filmmaking space, you really have to get a lot of private equity, mm-hmm. and so Mostly. you don't want to get 100% private equity. You really want to diversify, but when you're in this space, you do have to get private equity, mm-hmm. so talk to us about how did you approach that sure. for, let's even go back to Hush Money, mm-hmm. you know, how did you approach that with people and getting them excited about it?
1: Well, I think that, you know it definitely I agree with you you don't always want 100% private equity but you know when you're dealing with in our case our first film mm-hmm. um with a low budget you know it made sense to to kind of get private equity and you know the the pitch at least for hush money was everyone knew taj or knew me I don't want to talk to myself in the third person but everyone knew me as sort of this kid man who's a producer who had worked in lifestyle television before so I already kind of had a little bit of a reputation sort of in the, the social Denver scene, if mm-hmm. you would, um, you know, being a TV producer, having worked on a lot of these like big concert shows, so I knew a lot of like musicians and promoters, and having worked on a lot of nonprofit work. So I kind of built my company and reputation like we just do really good work, right? Mm-hmm. It was all word of mouth and things of that nature. And but in doing that, even leading up to hush money, I would always talk about how my goal and my dream was to make film, right? So mm-hmm. when I was first approaching people about Hush Money, they had already known that Taj wants to be a filmmaker and I was working towards producing my first film. So
0: this really like went, coincided with where you were at in life sure. and how you've talked to people. Absolutely. So you already had laid a groundwork, mm-hmm. you already had set the table per se. It was just
1: like, hey, I know we're doing music videos now and these nonprofit videos, but like we're gonna make movies, I'm gonna produce movies, it's gonna happen, I'm gonna talk to you when I'm ready. <laughs> So, you know, for years, I'd already been talking to people about That's it. Cool. so when we had when I got the script and I read Hush Money, it's a great store. If you haven't watched it, you should check um, it out check it out amazon on amazon Prime, yeah, amazon Prime. <laughs> uh-huh and uh i I read it, and I thought, you know visually as i was reading it i was seeing i was like this is something we can actually do because i think we before, prior to hush money we had talked about some other projects before mm-hmm. you know hey we might need two hundred thousand, half a million and you know to be frank i knew that no one was going to give a first-time filmmaker that much money mm-hmm. um you know hollywood first-time directors are very different than like indie first-time directors yes, like yep. people who who have directed a ton of short films or even indie films in Hollywood would still be considered a first-time director once you mm-hmm. sort of get to a certain budget point. So when we read Hushman and we kind of talked about a budget, I was like, this is actually doable. I think I can go raise this money. And it was part, you know, just belief in myself. And I really believed in the project, you know? Um, do you think that's really key? hundred percent. I mean, do you feel like... I think anyone... I don't think you can sell something you don't believe in or you're not going to do a good job at it. So and I people be- can tell
0: if it's real or not.
1: Sure. Because they don't want to be just sold to. They just want to be sold to, right? So yeah. I believe, first and foremost, I believe in myself. Myself. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I believe that, you know, I work with great people and I believe that if I put my mind to something, we can make that happen. Yeah. So I believed in myself. I believed in Grithouse, the team, because I had, at this point, I think we'd worked together for almost two years mm-hmm. on a variety of projects. Yeah, they all were projects. successful. We had recurring clients. We were doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believed in Terrell as a director and I believed in this story, right? I was like, this is something we can actually do. Let's go do it. And so there had to be sort of this, this switch that went off that you know, I sort of told myself, I was like, if you're going to go for this, you can do it. And you know that you can raise the money to do it. So I had a little bit of money saved. So first things first is I put some of my own personal money into the game Mm -hmm. before I even tried to raise other money, because I knew that in talking to people, I wanted to them to believe in me, believe in the project, but like, listen, I've already put a couple thousand dollars of my own cash into this project. We're trying to raise X. So, um,
0: would you say that's even key? So like even that's a tip sure. that you would even tell other I would, yes. other executive producers, like, hey, you're you're not going to get money for a first time filmmaker if you
1: don't have skin in the game. Hundred percent. And and, and
0: Gridhouse had skin in the game too. Mm-hmm. I think you know we yeah. had put in over ten grand. Yeah, you had on put you had put skin in the in game.
1: A, um, and I <clears throat> wanted to put skin in the game because you know I'm also you know a, a business minded individual and it's I believe in the to project. Do it so I was if like, I want to mm-hmm. invest my money into this project. And I also knew that if I was going to try to raise another twenty. 30 K for the project, the people I were, was going to talk to the first question they were going to ask is how much of my own money did I put into it? Okay. Um, and I knew that if I was able to show them and tell them, yeah. Hey, I put my own money into the game to be frank, it would, it made my life a lot easier. Okay. If I had no money and I was like, Hey, I'm really just trying to do this project. I really just need money. Can you help me out? Can you help me out? I don't think I would have had the success that I had specifically with hush money. So, so, um,
0: is that the main thing that you did when you talked to these people? Do would you say, or was there, more part of the conversation.
1: What What do you mean?
0: As far as saying, "Hey, I've got skin in the game too." Sure, I've been talking about this for a while.
1: It was uh, it was definitely skin in the game, but it was also the the story. Like, I okay. hush money. Hush money is a great story, so I would go in. And I'm like, so when I started to actually raise money, so, you know, first things first, you know, friends and family, start with your you know, centers of influence um, and then they might introduce you to people you never know. And, you know, especially because it was our our first film and it was a great story. So I sent the script out to maybe 10 people that I wanted to reach out to for money. Um, And, but before I sent the script out, I met with them. I think I had coffee, lunch or set a meeting with them, told them what I was doing and just told them what the project was about. And I said, this is what the story is about. This is what we're trying to do. And everyone was like, man, that's a, that's a great story. Like I want to be a part of that. So like the story had a lot to do with why we were able to raise money Mm -hmm. less. And, and it was because it was our first film. So Mm -hmm. I think it was a combination of, it's your first film. I want to help. I want to help you fulfill your dreams. You're putting your own money into this project. So you have skin in the game. So I know that you're going to see this through. It's, Mm -hmm. you're not just playing with my money. You're playing with your own. And that's a badass story. I wanna see that story come to life. So there were a couple different things that played into why we were able to raise the money we were. Um, And then I just got people really hyped. And to be honest, also playing with people's egos a little bit um so i talked to you know my friends and family you know my family put in some money uh at the time i was also working with audi so i was able to reach out to some of the finance managers at audi and just say they knew that because every day every everywhere i go i always talk about i'm making movies this is what we're doing i mm-hmm. just live and breathe it right, right so people right. always would come up to me it's like taj what's your next movie taj what are you working on when are we going to make a movie what's going on mm-hmm. because i carried that excitement that people wanted to be a yeah. part of so i was able to raise a, a pretty substantial amount of money from mm-hmm. a. Couple couple different investors, um, you know, through my relationships at Audi. um, And honestly, I would just hound them all all the time. (laughs) Like, hey, man, we're making this movie. I need some money. Let's make it happen. And and we were able to make that happen. And so, um, and then with some of my other friends, it was also... You know, to be frank, I had some wealthy friends that had some money laying around. They're like, ah, oh, Taj wants to make a movie. I'll go ahead and invest in his movie. No problem. Right, right. Um, and that was definitely part ego, kind of stroking their ego. You're mm-hmm. going to be an executive producer on this project. You can come on set. You can do all these things. <laughs> They've seen the work we've done before. So the idea of them getting to see a movie. I, you know, come to life was also exciting. Um, so those were some of the, you know, s- some of the okay. things that I did to kind of get people excited.
0: What kind of people do you look for to invest in a movie? Because a movie is a high sure. risk investment.
1: Honestly, I look for people who can afford to lose money. And that's what I <laughs> that's do. That's a great yeah. line. I mean, that's, Kind of horrible to say but it at is, the same it time is, it is' and it's not I think that it's you know a with protection. A high, with a high risk high reward I mean it's not like you're you're buying a house you're not you're not you're not investing in you know a, a bulletproof startup with you know tons of seed capital you're you're rolling the dice you know and a lot of my friends the money, gamblers, the money that they invested in hush money is less than a weekend in Vegas to be honest and those okay. are the people those are the people I went after um you know because I knew how much money they made and how much mon- money they had and I said, this is my dream I really want to see this come true. You can help me do that, and we're going to create a structure in place where it is an investment. So you're not just giving me cash. Right. So you know, in the when the when the film does start to make money, you're going to have a vested interest. You're going to be uh, have a vested interest in getting your money back. You're going to also have a vested interest in helping the movie succeed by mm-hmm. leveraging the finished product to your network to say, "Hey, go buy this film, download it, rent it." So they also now have skin in the game um, because they want to see it succeed. But and what do I look for, yeah. honestly, especially with these? low-budget, especially with, with micro-budget films, I just look for people who can afford to, if they lost 1500 to $5,000, it wouldn't bother them. And those are the people I, I got on Hushman. I mean,
0: that's probably really smart, because if, if you have somebody that needs that, they're going to be hounding you and the all problem, the time, exactly. and, and you and, don't make money back fast on film.
1: Correct, and and that's another thing, You especially if you're dealing with circles of influence and friends and family, you don't want to be put in that position where it's like, I gave you money, I'm expecting to get it back. And also, part of my pitch was, like, to be frank, guys, like you 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 may not see any of this money back. You may see some, uh, but this is our first film. We're not going into making this movie expecting us to you know, this isn't going to be a Blair Witch project. This isn't right. going to be a paranormal activity that costs a hundred grand and you make two hundred million. It's it just not. The story right. wasn't that, and we knew that it, it wasn't. Um, so we have to be very honest with them. And I think that, especially when you're dealing with people with money, um, or even without, honesty is is key. You know, I think that a lot of times what indie filmmakers the the issues they get into is they just overpromise. We have a great story. We have a great cast. We have a great team. We're already talking totally to distributors. We're already doing this. We really feel like this. We can get you know hundred percent return on your money within this, and like you're you're you're, des- you're 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 setting yourself up for failure. I mean, anyone who's who's ever worked on any kind of production knows that you know hashtag production life is a real thing. You're gonna deal with delays. You're gonna deal with budget constraints. You're gonna deal with weather. You're gonna deal with all these things that happen, which potentially could have an adverse effect on finishing the, the film on time or finishing it on budget. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a lot of things going on in, in Hush Money, for instance, with Kennedy and tutors and where are they going to stay? And like, so there's all, all of these things that go into it. So, bluntly this isn't an investment that you want for people who are um more conservative with their finances these aren't mm-hmm. people who are investing in government bonds they're not you know it's people who you know make you know two hundred fifty thousand plus a year and who can be like sure i'll give you five grand not a problem if i make Absolutely. it back great but i want to be a mm-hmm. part of this journey because also part of that sale excuse me part of that sale was you help us finish our first film and get us across a finish line. It changes the conversation for everyone. Right. Meaning, you know, there are only certain people you can talk to or, even more honestly, there are only certain people who will talk to you if you don't have a finished product. Once you have a finished project, the conversation changes. The -hmm. the, the ball game changes. So there's also this long-term sell that you're selling your investors. You may not make a ton of money back on this first project, but by you investing in us to finish our first project, it enables us to not only make more uh, work on other projects, but now we can work with a bigger production team, we can go after bigger actors, we can go after more money mm-hmm. because we are now officially successful filmmakers. We've made a movie that is critically acclaimed from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So all yeah, of the, all of that those all of those conversations um played into that initial, you know, will you write a check.
0: And I think just for our listeners, I, you know, I do want to say um, I think the technical term is we do have to call them financial partners, financial partners, because sure, sure. In, uh, an investor technically is an accredited investor that has mm-hmm. over a $1 million threshold mm-hmm. of income. It's proven all of that. So sure. they're financial partners at this level under a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise you do have to get an accredited investor sure. for bigger films, sure. which we'll be getting into yeah, hopefully here in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what are things that you, what are other things that you don't want to say? Because you, you mentioned a couple of them. You said you don't want to over-promise, mm-hmm. right? And then under-deliver. So is there anything that people or fil- first-time filmmakers, they shouldn't say to their investors?
1: That they're going to love the film. Or oh, that they're going to you know, love the yeah, film. They don't say that because they may not, <laughs> honestly. Um, and so that, you just
0: sold them on the story that they go, oh, yeah. I, I love the story.
1: Yeah. But they may but not at, th- love but the th- film. But, and it's not that they may not love the film, but that they uh, I don't tell them that they'll have, that the finished product is, you know, because again... Words on page are very different from visuals on screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's the same. So, you know, you may not love the finished product and you have absolutely no creative say. Um, that's another thing that you have to make sure that you're talking to your investors because a lot of times uh, when people give you money, they feel empowered to tell you how to do your job. Mm. Um, and I think that that's also very important. Um, when you're dealing with people who might be writing you a check for a good amount of money, they may have an, and they read the script. They may be like, Hey, I like this, but I don't really like that part. Or like, what can we, pot- excuse me, what can we potentially do about that scene? Or, Hey, yeah, I how, have, how I, have that? I have someone in mind. Um, you don't have a say. I mean, again, it just goes back to just being straight up honest. Like you are investing, um, in, in us actual in the production and, and, and us completing this film. Um, and you don't have you know any creative say if you want to come on set because you know as an investor you want to see what it's like to be on set and you know have Terrell hand you the headphones which one of my investors did so he he got to actually you know be stand a part behind, of it yeah, yeah stand behind the camera listen to a, a, a scene an action scene as it was taking place um, that's really cool but they don't I think another thing is you just they have to know that they are financial partners not creative partners.
0: So I think that's key. I think Mm -hmm. that's a a big mistake a lot Mm -hmm. of, excuse me, indie filmmakers make. Because you get so excited about it. Finally, somebody's willing to give you money. And then, but yet they have all this control. Yeah, or they have a
1: friend who wants to work on set. Or they have a a cousin who (laughs) wants to get into acting. So it's like, I'll give you ten grand if my daughter's friend can be an extra or have a small role. You know, like, it's fine, right? I'm giving you money. You help me out. And I think that you know you
0: talk about you it talk maybe. about it
1: and if there's talent and there's opportunity then sure but sure. also just making sure that they know that that is not um to be expected yeah so. that's good mm-hmm.
0: What would be um, some takeaways or tips that you would give to new indie filmmakers as they're seeking finding money or as they're trying to find money?
1: Definitely know what your budget is and plan for more contingencies than you expect. I think one of the issues that, you know, some filmmakers have run into in the past is, you know, they spend... Hours and days and weeks and months, pre you know, in pre-production, planning their budgets. Where it's going to be fourteen shoot days with potentially two extra. This is our budget. This is that. Um, and to be frank, it's it's uh, it's not it, more times than not. You're never going to be exactly on budget, and you're never going to be exactly on time. So I think one of my pieces of of, of advice, specifically when you're trying to raise money, is. Whatever you think your budget's going to be, uh, make it bigger. Plan for contingencies. Everyone usually plans for you know five percent, ten percent contingencies on a short on a low budget indie film. I would almost double or triple your contingencies because they're gonna, there things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, delays will happen. Weather. I would will say happen. at least
0: ten percent. Yeah, I at, mean, le- at, at least at least ten percent.
1: Because what you don't want to do is have you know go to a couple of investors, get some money, and then run out, and then have to go back to them and tell them we need more. No one wants to get that call saying we need more money, especially not even at the the, the large Hollywood level budgets. No one wants to go over budget, mm-hmm. and especially you know because you know even if you have you know for instance my friends um, and investors who had money. Um, I would have gotten an earful from them if they had written me a check and then halfway through production or the end of production, we needed more money. It would have been a hard conversation because it would have looked bad on the filmmaker. We didn't plan it well enough. Maybe we did get in over our heads and it completely diminishes the value of their investment and reduces the chances that they would invest with you again.
0: You know, we've talked about some different types of people to go after. So we've talked about really the gambler, the high risk taker Mm -hmm. that can afford to lose money. What about pulling on heartstrings and yet you still have to make sure they can afford to lose it. Uh Right. So how have you approached even that there's, there's the business sense people, there's the heart people,
1: yeah, film I think ego. yeah. Sure. So, uh, ego is a, a big part of it, especially with with the money people. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times people make their money in anything but film. So, film's exciting, film's sexy in that way. Like they mm-hmm. want to be on set and see lights and cameras and actors and kind of being a part of that process. So that's exciting for them. That's something uh, you know for them to look forward to and to be a part of. I think on the heartstrings, you know, the only time. I, I think it's appropriate, in my opinion. I, you know, you may not agree with me, to pull on heartstrings as if it's like an actual passion project. Um, I think documentaries um, are great for this. Mm-hmm. I think if it's uh, <clears throat> a story uh, that's relevant, whether it's you know racial tensions or women's rights or abuse or any one of those heavy hitting sort of subject matters, mm-hmm. I think then you can pull on the heartstrings. Um, but I think there's a fine line between pulling on the heartstrings, it's like, oh.
0: And manipulation. And yeah, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Like, oh, we really wanna do yeah. this, we really wanna make this movie, yada, yada, yada. Like, I would not even go near that. I think that um, we have talked before about some projects that are sort of in development. I don't yeah. know how much about that you wanna talk about, but there are some projects in development that are very time-sensitive projects. You yes. know? Uh, whether it's, you know, race relations and. Immigration, or women's rights, or um, uh, you know uh, how we treat our vets—things along those lines. Yeah, I think you can really, and not even directly pull on the heartstrings, like, "Hey, we're trying to make a, a movie about you know women's suffering or anything like that." I think it's just the pitch is more: this is a story that needs to be told. We think we have a really good, profound way to tell the story and keep it tasteful um, and not be super in-your-face, newsy, you know, yes, gospely, preachy. preachy, or anything like that. Um, and this is a story that, and if you're going to pull on the heartstrings, make it personal. Like, this is a story that means a lot to me and our team because of these reasons, and we feel it's an important story to tell. We think you should be a part of this, or is this something you want to be a part in helping us tell this story? Really, because. Uh, a
0: greater mission almost it's a
1: greater mission than Mm -hmm. just dollar you know dollars and cents I think that even in Hollywood especially with some of the you know more recent films there there have been a lot that have been passion projects like they may not have made money or they ended up making money but money wasn't the reason they got involved it's like this is a story that needs to be told yeah I want to be a part in telling the story um so I think that's how you get into the heartstrings otherwise it's it really it's it's a fine line between manipulation and then your Investors are upset, and you just give yourself a bad name. And especially as independent filmmakers, your name and your reputation is everything, it
0: is everything, it's huge. So, what about business sense? Now, we mm-hmm. have a little experience with trying to go after bigger money. Mm-hmm. So, we're I think we were trying to get over you know half a million mm-hmm. at the time for a, a, bi- a bigger project, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we had to go after people with bigger money, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and they're more business sense people. Sure, how do you approach? those people, what are the business sense, logical, they don't mm-hmm. really care about the story and sure. all that. They just care about the bottom line. Sure. How do you approach those and what are those people looking for? Uh,
1: again, those people are, it's a bottom line deal for them. So there was a project we were working on. We were po- uh, talking to a potential investor for um, 500,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I approached them, In a similar fashion, this is our next project. Uh, One of the things that helped, for instance, the the reason that conversation was different is at the time we had some loose attachments or we had offers or we had access to talent that if we had... You know, x amount, amount of dollars of in escrow, then we could get this attachment. So that was in that specific situation. That was how that conversation was handled. So I think it was. Which it, was is, it was all attachments. That's, yeah. that's how I was able to have that conversation. Was I think at the time it was Mickey Rourke. Um, I think and maybe someone else, uh, another name. I'm, I'm skipping. So yep, Jeff Behe yeah. and some
0: other people. So, so the
1: conversation with this individual was, "Hey, I've made two films, we're working on our third. We're, we're taking that next big step." Uh, looks like we're approaching, you know, Jeff Fehi, Mickey Rourke. Um, is this something you would be interested in exploring? Can we have a larger conversation? Yep. Um, then it was how much money do you want? And I said we're looking for around five hundred thousand. Okay, let's talk. So then we ended up having a, a, a big uh, uh, media table reading conference room, if you would, um, and we talked about the project, this and the other. And and we came to the
0: table with a business plan. Mm-hmm the uh, how they're going to make their money back. I mean, we really had ducks in a row next projects, right? Right. So that's obviously a smart thing to do in any pitch is make sure you have a script make sure you have a pitch package, make sure you have a business plan put together.
1: Yep. And so, you know, and I think in that particular situation, it was, um, I don't think this particular individual was too happy with the forecasts. And I think that in their mind, the, the path to recuperation wasn't as strong as other parts of the plan. Mm-hmm. We had we had a plan, right, which was, you know, your, your standard plan. This is the waterfall. We're going to submit to these festivals. We want to potentially look mm-hmm. for distribu- distributors. Um, but I think in that specific situation, they wanted more. They wanted names of the distributors we were already going to meet with. They wanted any type of minimum guarantee, any offer letters, mm-hmm. anything like that. So I think that in that situation, we might have been a little early in the conversation, but I also think this investor looking back may not have been always interested. It was more, let me have a conversation and see where they're at. Um, because well, for him, was it also... wasn't, a, I can afford to lose, you know, for this individual, it wasn't, you know, I can just part ways with half a million. I need a very specific detail plan on how I'm going to get my money back and exactly mm-hmm. how much money I'm going to get my, how how I'm going to get my money back. Right. So we had sort of the the big picture, you know, there's the festival route, there's the distributor right, right. route. That we did have lined up, but it was lacking some of those which we specifics. put together yeah. we put
0: together a distribution plan sure um, but maybe you know we didn't have enough of the relationships at the time with distributors correct to really make that go through right and so that was a huge lesson learned sure so it going, was. going yeah. after bigger money I mean you're gonna get a lot of no's I right. mean I think that's yeah, just yeah, that's course. just part of that's the part process of life. Yeah. it is part of life, life <laughs> Life is mostly no's. I think we'll take that in this. Life is mostly no's. That's fine. Uh, But I think it's it's overcoming those obstacles, overcoming the no's for that yes. Right. And so, and I think too, it proved to us, gosh, we really have to find the right, Investor. I mean, I think too, this person was, you know, seemed incredible. And I mean, it sounded like it was all going to go through, but then we realized maybe it wasn't right for that story or that project. I agree. And so I think that's what we learned too, is you really have to approach more of the business sense people with the right project. How would you discern that?
1: Um I think that you have to know your investors right and I think it, and it, and it's more than just having a conversation with them I think it's really knowing who they are as people um what, and what of, motivates yeah, them yeah what motivates them and what kind of movies do they enjoy you know mm-hmm. um do they if they like romantic comedies don't pitch them sci-fi um if they like <laughs> exactly. you know it's if, common sense. if they like horror don't pitch them comedy or whatever it is yes. you know I think that's yes. just sort of common sense And I think it was also on from this particular. It was sort of a test on us to see how much we had put together. Uh, And we did have a lot put together. But I think that you're right. The relationships with those. And I think that you know, for instance, a lot of times in film when you deal with bigger money, sometimes there are you know uh, MGs or minimum guarantees. Where if you get if you're able to confirm an actor of distributor will guarantee X amount of dollars or whatever. You know there are minimum guarantees, and I think that. We didn't have that for this particular investor, and that might have been what this particular investor was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, was hey, if I give you money, you get an actor. If you get an actor, does that actor or actress come with a minimum guarantee, guaranteeing that I'm going to at least get most or whatever of my money What's back? What's crazy et is we yeah. have that now. Yeah, yeah. now we um, do. Now yeah. on the project, it yeah. just is a little late. Yeah. So well, it's never too learned, late. You, know? you could always can always you know, potentially, see what see what options there are. So
0: nope, absolutely. Um, so we'll kind of start wrapping it up here and I think if you could really summarize Mm -hmm. even for independent filmmakers of course um, what's your relationship like with the director Mm because I also feel like in order for you to get a passion behind the story, you have to read the script, mm-hmm. but I feel like it, you do have to have some type of relationship with the director. Of course. So what is that like?
1: Yeah, so Terrell and I, um, who directed Hush Money, um, and I also did it again for Collider, for our friend Justin as well. Um, we, I have really good relationships, I think, with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even I'm closer with them now than I was obviously at the time of Hush Money, but I think that it was... I think it, you know, I always say this, you know, my circle of friends, we always kind of say this to each other, which is real, recognize real. And I think that that's true to all your relationships in life, Mm -hmm. but especially when you're dealing with a director, like I think that Terrell realized that I was real as a producer, that when Mm -hmm. I say I can go get money and I can help out, I can do that. And I think that having worked with him on other projects, I believed that if he says he can make this movie look good, sound good, and direct the hell out of it, he can, right? Yeah, so there yeah. is this faith that you have in, in, each, the, other. in each other and the team um, and friends. And a lot of times, a relationship, you know, my relationship with Terrell, a lot of times has nothing to do with film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about life, right? And we were able to create sort of this really close friendship, this brotherhood, if you would, um, almost like a best friend more so than, okay, you also happen to be my director. I remember a couple times. Um, And, you know, I'm a, I tend to be very, you know, I, I'm very outspoken, but sort of very even keel, you know, the world could be, you know, uh, imploding around me, but I just, I don't really lose my cool often. And so there were, there were times during production of Hush Money where Terrell would call me at midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning and just need to vent. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously, it worked because he delivered a, 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 in my opinion, a phenomenal film. Mm -hmm. But you know, whether it's you know, we don't think that you know we're going to have the cop car that we need for um, this particular scene, or a scheduling conflict, or it's supposed to rain tomorrow, and I don't know where this is coming from. And you know, just being able to listen, um, because you know, the director is really in many ways, the focal point of the film, right? A lot of times it's their vision. In this case, he wrote it, he directed it. So, um, it's his words on page that are also translating to his image on screen. So he's super vested into it. Um, so a lot of times, you know, they just need a place to talk. Mm -hmm. That's maybe not with actors or line producers or these other things, because, you know, it's all in the same. So, um, Having a good relationship with your director is important. Um, Terrell and I joke all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and and also understanding that sort of sense of humor, um, and also just you know we got this. It's it's going to be all right. Um, you kind of that...
0: have to have that encouragement with each other, of course, yeah, because. Yeah. We always say the universe works against you when you make a film, and it's true. Yes, I, I so couldn't agree more. So many that things happen yeah. sure. to try to detract, and I think you have to have that grit mm-hmm. and that understanding with your with each other as an executive producer and even director mm-hmm. and producers, producing partners yeah, as well. Course. That you both have faith in each other to get it done. Of course,
1: and so. and we did, and I think it, it translated on the screen. Obviously, we joke about it now. We talk about it about how there were some things, and you know, it, all directors are different, but you know, there's some that'll you know obsess over the smallest detail. That there are some that are more lenient. And I think that, you know, as producers, we learned a lot from our first film. I think as a director, mm-hmm. he learned a lot from that. And I think I think we all grew from that experience. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, and it made us stronger. I mean, a lot of times you make a film and it will tear people apart. You know, you get across the finish line and you want nothing to do with those people ever again because it wasn't, you know, a pleasant experience. You know, it was definitely challenging, but I think, you know, we all sighed uh, a huge sigh of relief afterwards that we got it done. <laughs> yeah. And then once we saw it at a premiere, it was like, Oh wow! Oh wow! We we actually did this, it, and you know yeah. it was it was uplifting, and it really you know encouraging. It, it got us wanting to to continue to do more and learn from some of those mistakes.
0: Seriously though, thank you so much yeah. for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. And thank you for you having know just me. being on this journey with us. It really sure. does come down to relationships, mm-hmm. and so that's one thing I think we really pride ourselves here, and we want to make sure we keep good relationships moving forward. Of course, and and we want everybody to work in their sweet spot. Yep. Um, I think what I, I do love about you is. Um, you love what you do, mm-hmm. and when you can really operate in that, mm-hmm. um, gosh, magic happens. Yeah. And it doesn't. And I think feel for like all work. of us, and yeah. it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And so that's I think one of my favorite things about well, this you. industry. Yeah, I appreciate. So that. really, thank you for being on the show. Of course. Well, hey, join us again next week for our next podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and the bell notification. We would love to have you be a part. Make sure you leave some comments below if you have any questions about what we talked about today. Feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out to Taj as well. So leave comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.